from coast to coast and around the world. She didn't win, she lost. Remember in 2016, we came here and we needed that win and we won by 21 points. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. From America Out Loud Talk Radio, it's time for The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott. Truth is the property of being in accord with fact or reality. In everyday language, truth is typically ascribed to things that aim to represent reality. You see, I don't possess my truth. Sure, I have an opinion based on my life experiences and knowledge, but that doesn't make it true, does it? There is no your truth or their truth. There is only the truth. The world we find ourselves existing in questions that very definition. A society that collects letters in groups like LGBTQIA++++, DEI, and CRT, or race and gender, are bound together by perceived oppression at the cost of individual liberty and freedom. Even when individuals within those groups have their individual rights trampled on or taken away, to them... It's worth the price for the greater good of their group or tribe. We were told a COVID virus that killed millions wasn't man-made. That wasn't truth. The vaccine that was made to keep us safe was said to be 100% effective and safe. Thousands have died, are dying, and many more are sick. The election of 2020, we were told it was the most secure ever. There have been many convictions across the country for election fraud since then, and cases like the one in Fulton County are continuing to counter that claim. Now, one-third of American voters don't trust that their vote counts. As many as 75% in the entire country, Democrat and Republican, believe that things should be changed to secure the vote. We were told January 6, 2021 was an insurrection, we know that not one gun was confiscated on that day by the group of people in the country that probably possess the most guns. We know that only people that were killed on January 6th were two protesters. There was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot or murdered by Michael Byrd, the Capitol Hill policeman, and Roseanne Boylan, who was trampled to death. We were told Officer Brian Sicknick was murdered at the hands of the January 6th insurrectionists. We know his family said, just a couple of days after his death, that he died of natural causes, just two days after January 6. We are told the southern border is secure when 10 million illegals have crossed just in the last three years, and over 150,000 Americans have died due to fentanyl overdoses, fentanyl that's made in China, brought to Mexico, and taken across the border by the cartels. We are told inflation is down when American families struggle to pay their rent, put food on their table and in their refrigerator, and the American dream slips from their grasp daily. We know credit card delinquencies and credit card debt is higher than ever. We know Build Back Better was just another name for the Green New Deal. And even though the lies are spun and repeated to change perception or change what represents reality, that doesn't make it true. And to me, and I know for you, truth still matters. We should stand for truth, and the truth, it has to be told. 
I'm Booker Scott, and this is Truth Be Told on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You may be listening right now expecting to hear attorney Tom Renz. Well, he's still here at America Out Loud. You can catch him every day at 3 o'clock Eastern. This new show here is a new journey as we seek the truth together. I've been around here at America Out Loud with my show, Our Lives and Politics, which was aired Saturday and Sunday nights for over a year. But here we start this daily show, which will allow us to speak on more topical items and news items as they happen. I want to thank Malcolm and the team at America Out Loud for getting this show launched tonight. I I really thank you. And I really appreciate you for being the best part of America Out Loud because you help get that truth out by sharing articles and podcasts from all of the great content creators right here on the network. You may never know how important that is in the fight for truth and justice. In this hour, I want to revisit Iowa because I think there are a couple of things we can take away from there. I'm talking about the Iowa caucus And I don't see a lot of people talking about that. And we're also going to move to New Hampshire, which ended Tuesday night. And I I came across this. $200 million was spent on those two states for about 200,000 votes. That's both states combined. $200 million for about 200,000 votes. We're going to go live on the ground here in just a minute to New Hampshire. We're also going to discuss an NBC story that came out a couple of weeks ago. And when it came out, there was a lot of talk about it. It really seemed to blow up on social media. You could also see it on the mainstream media. But now it's sort of disappeared from the forefront. And I think it's worth going back and uh, visiting that story. And in that segment of this hour, we'll hear from General Mike Flynn And he's going to talk about the establishment and the deep state and the bureaucracy. Interesting comments coming up from him in this hour, so stay around for that. But as we talk about the establishment, that's that's really what I want to pull away from Iowa and New Hampshire and the things that we saw. We see DeSantis now out of the race, Ramaswamy out. It's down to two people. It's down to Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. And in reality, it's Donald Trump. But there is some issues here with Donald Trump, and that's what I want to get into. Before that, as 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 a highlight to the establishment, there was a video that started to emerge in the middle of the week with Carrie Lake. And in it, John DeWitt, the head of the GOP in Arizona, there is a recorded conversation where it appears that DeWitt, through somebody else, is making millions of dollars of offers to Carrie Lake to get out of a race, a political race. And that is the establishment. We, the people, do we really have a voice? I'm going to let you listen to this conversation with Carrie Lake and John DeWitt, which was privately recorded without the knowledge of John DeWitt. Or I, I'm not, It's unclear to me who exactly recorded this. And I don't know what was said before or what was said after, but here is what was said. Is there a number at which... I can be bought. <laughs> what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even, that anybody would think this is. I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. 
I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone. I can't think of a single person in a federal race who lost Randy in a I can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I'm not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. And again, I don't know the context behind that conversation, but it is worth playing for you because you hear a bribe is being made to keep Carrie Lake from running for office. Who is the bribe being made by? Who are those people? Who are the people that are trying to subvert the will of the people in real, true elections? It's interesting. I'm sure more will come out about that. But let's go back to the Iowa caucus. There seems to be a couple of things that came out of it that the mainstream media was making a big deal out. And one of those was the, the turnout. It seems that the 15 degrees below zero, you know, it, obviously that's going to affect turnout. I don't know that I'm going to go vote in that. But let's look at what the mainstream media said. Said about it. Here's what CBS News said. Expectations for turnout at the Iowa caucus had been high heading into the year, following the record-shattering attendance in the last competitive GOP contest. But just over 110,000 voters participated in the 2024 caucuses, and that's falling well below the high expectations for turnout in 2024. It doesn't sound impressive, and it sounds like a drastic departure from normal turnout. But what is the truth? Well, there are only about 750,000 registered Republicans in Iowa, so only about 15% of those showed up to participate. Those carefully crafted words there are intended to make you believe that no one showed up. But when you look at the 2016 caucus, which was the high watermark in the history of the Iowa caucus, there were 184,000 people that showed up then. Of course, that was after eight years of Barack Obama, and the Republicans were highly charged and motivated to make a change in government. How CBS News used the word, but only 110,000 showed up, is it's worth another look. Let's throw out the record in 2016 and look at what the average attendance is for the caucus. In 2012, it had about 122,000. 2008, 120,000. And I could keep going on about the Iowa caucus. Year after year, it's always about the same. About 120,000 people go participate. And again, that weather, minus 15 degrees with snow and ice on the ground. Plus, Donald Trump was up 30 points in the polls, so maybe people just weren't motivated to get out there. And it's only 10,000 less. Another thing that should bother us and something that I'm seeing a lot from the DeSantis supporters and surrogates before he dropped out, and DeSantis talked about this himself. The New York Times called the race only five minutes after the caucus process started, and most speakers in the caucuses didn't even have an opportunity to speak about their candidate. And it, it, it doesn't matter what candidate, whether it was Trump, Haley, Ramaswamy, or DeSantis at the time, uh, uh, that, that call of the race was made way too early, and that should bother us. We all could have called that race weeks ago if we looked at the polls. Uh, you know, at a minimum, that disenfranchises voters, the people, us, uh, from feeling a part of the process. And there may be no greater process we have as Americans than our vote. 
Iowa was not a winner-take-all state for delegates. That means second, third, and fourth place actually means something because you take away delegates. And calling the race that early could have changed votes, made more people angry, and possibly even changed their vote from Trump to Haley or DeSantis. In the end, there were 40 total delegates to disperse on the way to 1,215 needed for the Republican nomination. DeSantis got eight, and Haley will end up with seven. But there's something else that I take away from the Iowa vote, and that's a disconnect from the establishment GOP, the donor-class Republicans, the military-industrial complex Republicans of Lindsey Graham with a, a constant thirst for wars, and where the party is and who the party now truly represents. DeSantis was considered America first by most people that voted in Iowa. I know a lot of people think that he's a World Economic Forum person or whatever, but that's from the uber political people. Maybe people like you, you believe that. But normal everyday people in Iowa, they see him as America first. Most of his policies that he has accomplished in Florida have actually been MAGA-type of policies, things like pronouns, books in schools, his fight against Disney, all of that's perceived as America first or MAGA. So he is thrown into the same box. And then you take Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy is 100% MAGA and America first. So those three candidates totally combined took in 81% of the vote. It's a lot. It's impressive. Yet there are 19% of the people that voted for Nikki Haley. And 19% of the people are representing the establishment, that donor class, the military-industrial complex, and the neocons. And as we move forward, we finished New Hampshire, now we're on to South Carolina in the primary. It's going to be something worth watching because as we get into I have no doubt that Donald Trump is the nominee. The only race there is right now is the race with the courts and all the indictments against Donald Trump. So Donald Trump becomes the nominee. There is that, that chink in the armor right there, that 18%. Donald Trump's going to need every one of those votes to win in the general election in November. It, it, that's going to be interesting to watch. These never-Trumpers, the neocons, the establishment. We're going to talk a lot about the establishment in this hour. Coming up next, we're going to go to New Hampshire and we're going to go live on the ground with a buddy of mine up there. His name is Gads. He knows about politics all over this country, but specifically in his home state, the Granite State. And we're going to talk to him in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk about my partners at Gold Co. If you follow me at all on social media or have listened to my shows in the past, uh, you know how I feel about our government and also our financial system. It's no secret. I'm, I'm a big believer in diversifying your money with precious metals like gold and silver. But when it comes to buying precious metals, you need the right company. You need the right company in your corner. And that's why I've partnered with top-rated precious metals company Gold Co. Because their reputation matters. It should matter to you. Gold Co. is a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, and they've helped people like you and me place over $2 billion in gold and silver. And right now, they're offering all my listeners to this show, truth be told, up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA. 
This is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt government. Don't pass it up. Just grab your phone, your keyboard, whatever it is you need to get the job done, but take some action and do it right now. Visit BookerLikesGold.com. Protect your future. See if it's for you. They're great people. They're happy to help. And visit BookerLikesGold.com. More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. And you know, when you consider that Nikki Haley support in Iowa, that 18, 19%, the neocons, the establishment, the GOP, that is completely oblivious to the other 80% that are out here in the country, you also have to consider them as never Trumpers. We know them, but there are also other people that are going to vote in the general election coming up in November. You have independents, you have Democrats, moderate Democrats. Well, in New Hampshire, something completely different happens. It's a completely open 
primary, which means everybody can vote for Republicans, which is what we saw. And the interesting thing was hearing people's comments coming out. I'd love to look at exit polling. I know polls are whatever they are. They're wrong. They're, but how much are they wrong? But they do show tendencies. This is a reporter outside of a precinct in New Hampshire that caught this lady. This lady gave an interview. Listen carefully to what she says here. Voted for Nikki Haley because I was voting against Donald Trump. Of course. And what, what propelled you? To get to this point. I want to, I'm 74 years old. I've lived in a constitutional democracy all really? my life. Really? I want to remain is. that way and I want my grandchildren to grow up in one. I don't know about you, but uh, I actually live in a republic, but I guess people in New Hampshire live in a constitutional democracy. Uh, that bothers me. I, I don't like that. But there, there are different folks and uh, different people all over the country that think and say things differently. And we're going to go to New Hampshire right now with a buddy of mine. His name is Gads. And uh, Gads, welcome to Truth Be Told. Thanks, Booker. Good to be here. Yeah, we had a conversation prior to Tuesday's primary in New Hampshire. And we were talking about what we thought would happen. And at, at the time, I said Donald Trump probably about 52, 53 percent. And you thought he would be below 50 percent. Prior to and, and at that time, DeSantis hadn't dropped out of the, the race yet because this was before Sunday when he did drop out. So I think you absolutely nailed your number in the great state, the granite state of New Hampshire. And now after a couple of days, what what are you seeing? What are you feeling? What as you look back at what happened, what are your big thirty thousand foot ideas coming out of New Hampshire? Well, it's uh it's a pleasant surprise, to be honest, Booker. Uh I'm in Rockingham County, just so people uh, get a perspective. If you're familiar with the, the great state of New Hampshire, it's uh, on the south coast, uh, predominantly, uh, you know, not a Trump-friendly area. But the rest of the state, actually, uh, in two particular areas, came out pretty strong for uh, President Trump. And there were a lot of pleasant surprises. And as you were talking about, the um, basically the percentage that President Trump would get uh, we were, you know, more or less in the same ballpark on sure. that. The the reason why I was I was a bit skeptical is because of the uh, the Sununu machine, which uh, is pretty strong here. Uh, Governor Chris Sununu, everybody who listens to you probably knows that he uh, he endorsed Nikki Haley. Uh, he is a well up until recently a very popular governor, a very acceptable governor in a very solid purple state, which used to be very red. So he knows how to win elections with independence in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. And he put all of his cards on the table. And uh, and we saw the results of it. And the people of New Hampshire, I believe, and you can correct me where I'm wrong, but uh, they're fiercely independent people. And they take great pride in the political process. And so it's a wide open primary. And we saw a lot of Democrat votes going for Nikki Haley. And we ju I just played that clip that lady, she's voting for Nikki Haley because she wants to save her constitutional democracy and will never vote Trump. And there's a lot of never vote Trump people. Yeah, as far as the, my fellow uh, Granite Staters, yeah, fiercely independent. Uh, I would say at times more libertarian leaning versus populist leaning. If you accept MAGA as the modern day populism on the right, which I do, which I I, I think I'm an adherent to. But uh, the people themselves, they uh, they tend to be kind of the uh, forerunners or the uh, 
They're big advocates of retail politics. You see how we conduct things in the first primary state. It's quite a bit different than the Iowa caucus. Mm -hmm. New New Hampshire people are heavily influenced by the neighboring uh, blue states in New England, like Massachusetts, like Vermont, like Maine. Uh, we're, we're kind of the, for many years, we were like the red shield wall of New England where people went, people moved to because we didn't have a sales tax. We were a very second, probably the number one uh, Second Amendment friendly state in the country. Uh, and that's not hyperbole. If you are a, uh, a lover of the Second Amendment, New Hampshire is the state for you. However, that's not why Democrats move here. Democrats move here for places like Boston and New York in Burlington, Vermont, because just because they're Democrats and liberal doesn't mean they want to pay sales tax on their goods. Uh, Really, the only high expense we have in New Hampshire is property tax. But as you've heard President Trump say, Booker, recently, what's been a big problem this winter and really last winter is we have very high utility costs. So we are absolutely victims of Bidenomics in the state of New Hampshire. And to a lesser extent, Uh, I would say immigration, although you heard a lot of that uh, during the primary, that immigration, you know, man on the street, woman on the street, a lot of my fellow uh, New Hampshireites were talking about immigration being an issue. That's more linked to uh, fentanyl and Mm -hmm. and drugs and things like that versus, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, illegal invaders from the southern border being dumped here as they are in places like New York, et cetera. I believe that we're going to see the border be a whole lot bigger issue in 24 election than what it has been in the past. Uh, I, I think it's going to it's becoming a big issue. But you mentioned the economy and you're talking about drill, baby drill, when it comes to uh, the price of fuel for your house and things like that. Uh, what else are you taking away as as you look a few days later now at uh, at that New Hampshire primary, and as we go forward to South Carolina, Nikki Haley ended up with about 45% in New Hampshire. And again, that's a lot of Democrat vote. The last t- thing I saw was about 10%. Uh, is that about right? I think it's higher. I think yeah. basically, Booker, that's a great question. I would say 30% of what I, you know traditional Democrat voters, whether they, uh, I can assure you they probably voted for Biden. They definitely voted for Hillary. About one out of three of them that are politically active in New Hampshire in the entire state voted for Nikki Haley. That is the dust is settling now after the primary. We're kind of seeing the numbers here. Uh, What it tells me, Booker, is uh, that Nikki Haley's uh, totals in New Hampshire were very inauthentic. Okay, I don't think she has authenticity in her voters. I think there was a big never Trump vote. I think a lot of um, rhino-esque Republicans, particularly in my county, Rockingham County, uh, they were looking, they were just, they had Trump uh, exhaustion syndrome, not so much Trump derangement syndrome. These are, these are people generally, though, Booker, here's the good news, is whether they're Republican or Democrat, whether they're rhinos who don't like Trump anymore, nor the people who vote for him, to be honest, uh, whether they're Democrats that uh, had to either write in, face the choice of writing in Joe Biden, a very unpopular president, or uh, on October 6th of 2023, I believe, is the deadline where these partisan Democrats could become either unenrolled, independent, or Republicans just to vote for Nikki uh, in the primary the other day. So, uh, they were faced with a choice. Uh, it's just a very inauthentic uh, 45% or so that Nikki Haley had in New Hampshire. Uh, 
But that's what it was. I think you had Trump exhaustion syndrome from rhinos mm-hmm. and you had de- Democrats that didn't want to stay at home. Booker, either they, they didn't want to write in Joe Biden. It is kind of sad that the incumbent president that got 80 million votes, supposedly, uh, in the first in the nation primary, uh, had to f- face a, a write-in campaign in a state where you have a lot of political animals on both sides of the aisle. So uh, that was that's kind of a big picture and what I've seen since the primary. Well, Biden wanted South Carolina to be first. So since South Carolina wasn't, he threw a fit and and decided not to go to New Hampshire. He showed them and he ended up with what, about 60, 65 percent of the Democrat vote in that primary. As we go forward now, we go to South Carolina. We see the rhetoric with Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. My personal opinion is that there really is not a primary race, that it was always a race for second place, not for first. The race was really against the indictments of Trump, which I have always said, I don't think any of them are going to be resolved before the November election. Uh, So they were playing for second, I believe. But do you think Nikki Haley is going to hang on? I think she's going to get demolished in South Carolina. And on Super Tuesday, 11 of the 16 states are actually like New Hampshire, where they are open primaries, both Democrats, independents, everyone can vote for a Republican. Yeah. So South South Carolina, I think, uh, well, first of all, I think Nikki Haley is going to stay in Booker as long as the people who are managing her campaign and financing her deem it so. Uh, money's not going to be an issue with Nikki Haley, uh, just as it wasn't with Ron DeSantis to a lesser extent. Again, it just speaks to how inorganic their campaigns are. You said like the race for second place. That's part of it. I think the other part is trying to stop President Trump at all costs. And you mentioned the indictments and all that. The only one I, I actually just on a quick side note, the only one of those four that I see not that uh, getting decided is I do think that that case in New York is going to be a mistrial or something like yeah. that. That may be that may be resolved. The others, I agree with you. That's going to be post-election. But South Carolina, uh, here's the issue with Nikki Haley. Uh, and you're a little bit closer uh, in Florida to South Carolina. Maybe sure. you have your finger on the pulse of it more. But uh, she was a governor there. She has name recognition. Yet her lieutenant governor, who's now the now the governor, Henry McMaster, endorsed President Trump. Uh, Lindsey Graham, whatever. We we have our own opinions about him. The guy wields political power in South Carolina. We don't like it, but we have to face facts. He endorsed President Trump. Tim Scott did. We saw Tim Scott doing great work in New Hampshire, stumping for President Trump. So I, I see South Carolina as kind of a, a come to reality moment for Nikki Haley in that she's just being rejected en masse, never mind from her home state, but really from like the the solid foundation of the Republican Party, which is in the mold of President Trump and the MAGA movement. I mean, she's talking in 1996 platitudes and 2002 yeah. platitudes of the Republican Party, basically, at this point. I, and I think it's interesting also hearing her comments where she keeps saying that she is not part of the establishment, but everything in her actions and everything that is behind her in the mechanisms that are putting her out there, it really looks like it's all establishment to me. Yeah. I mean, her her concession speech, which kind of sounded like a victory speech uh, in New Hampshire the other the other day, the other evening, was, was uh, somebody who was not first in reality of the moment booker uh she has to understand something she had the best advantage in new hampshire she had a governor that was all in for her who has won three elections and is a 
dynastic politician. Chris Sununu plays to win. Uh, by the way, he might be the biggest loser of the New Hampshire primary. This nope. is a guy, again, you know, three elected three times. We have two-year terms for governor in New Hampshire. Re-elected three times, had a father who was a very popular governor sure. here in the early 1980s, and he could not deliver. He had, and it was his, it was his idea to have this primary set up. Generally, we have closed primaries in New Hampshire up until now, up until this cycle. So she had every advantage. Uh, if she can't win New Hampshire, she certainly can't win her home state of South Carolina, where I think it's fair to say that, you know, MAGA has uh, kind of encapsulated the state of South Carolina. I'm with you, too. I believe that Nikki Haley will stay in for a while. I know that a lot of people are telling her to get out. I, even Ronna McDaniel did the other night on Fox. I was happened to be watching that, and she called for her uh, kind of to step aside and let's coalesce. I really question whether there's going to be that to coalescing uh, between everything that's happened, uh, between all the parties. Uh, I, I really worry about getting that 18% that I've been talking about in this hour uh, to ever support Trump. And hopefully that it can happen if you believe that this country is where we are right now, which is maybe 24 is the last time that we have an opportunity to save this great nation, at least the nation that we want and that we had. And even to a greater point, the Western civilization. Yeah, I, I actually that I agree with all of that, Booker. I think 2024, November is going to be the most important election in, in U.S. history, at least since the post-Civil War era or you know, pre-Civil War era, as it were, uh, for many reasons. We, we all, you know, we've talked about the economy. We've talked about, uh, you know, the border and immigration. And really, it's not immigration, it's invasion. I mean, you know, just thinking about the Supreme Court decision in regards to the state of Texas as well, uh, that factors into, I mean, everybody sees that. They, you know, the other 49 states see what's going on in Texas in particular. And they're weighing, you know, whether they're in New Hampshire, or whether they're in Florida, whether they're in a solid red state like Mississippi or Alabama, they're, they're weighing this and they're saying we could be next. We might not share a border with Mexico, but, you know, eventually these people are going to funnel, not just in the blue states, not just in, New, in your New Yorks and Californias. They're going to be in places like Mobile, Alabama, or Birmingham, Alabama, or Pensacola, Florida. And then we have a very, a very large problem, Booker. And people are looking at this, and they're saying this is not sustainable for the United States. They see the uh, the mayor in New York, Eric Adams, mm -hmm. uh, get, you know, and what he's dealing with. I mean, he's Chicago. set up against the wall. Chicago, Chicago yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the only place where they seem to be accepting it with open arms is is not too far from me, sadly, in Boston. I mean, they, they are like gluttons for punishment. But uh, 2024 is, is going to be a very important election for all these reasons. But also, I think, because regardless of what uh, like non-MAGA Republicans or Trump curious independents who have never voted for him in either one of his his elections, but are planning to now. I think that they are going to understand that the America of 2017 to 2019 was far preferable 
to Biden's America the last three years. Yeah, when you compare and contrast, and I think that's the important part of the messaging, too, as the 24 election uh, comes up, the general election, is to compare and contrast to are you better now than you were four years ago? Is anything really better? And I, I can't personally think of anything that would be better for most Americans, especially in that bottom 50 or 60 percent. Uh, you know, there there are some people that don't think anything is wrong, and you see that in exit polling. They think Biden is doing a great job. And we sit here and scratch our head and, and wonder, what are you talking about? He's he's killed the economy, the highest inflation. He's killed energy independence. And you would think that that would be the messaging. And hopefully, eventually, we can get on that messaging. And Gads, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and being on the program. Booker, thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. So we can leave behind Iowa and New Hampshire for another four years and head to South Carolina and then to Super Tuesday. We're going to go back here in just a minute. We're going to go back to the leave-behind government that Barack Obama left in Washington, D.C. when he left office in 2017. We'll also hear a piece from General Flynn. He talks about that. And I'll be talking about the NBC News article and what some people in our government are planning to do if Donald Trump wins. More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, the year 2024 must be the year of the Patriot and America Out Loud News will equip you with all the information you need to give new meaning to the words Patriot Act. For our actions always ultimately define our words. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. 
We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. And welcome back here to America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Booker Scott. And while you're here, make sure you go to americaoutloud.news. Check out the great content from some awesome content creators. There are also podcasts available uh, that are not here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. So americaoutloud.news. Go there, check out the shop, look around, see if there's something you want to buy, and get a great discount by using the keyword out loud at americaoutloud.news. News. You know, a couple of weeks ago, there was really a disturbing story that emerged from NBC News that caused really a flare-up of discussion, and really it has sort of died down since then. And it doesn't seem like it should. It seems like it should be front and center as we move toward November and the November election because of the implications that it could have in Donald Trump's second term should he win. And it could have long-lasting effects for that. In fact, it could, again, cut his legs, his political legs, out from underneath him. As we will see, the Democrats are up to the same old tricks that they always are. We can go back to the Hillary Clinton lie of Russian collusion, which that snowballed into the Mueller report. And then that first impeachment, the Democrat operative mechanisms were in place to weaken Trump's first term in a lot of ways. And we all remember the government agencies and former, quote, intel specialists, unquote, that signed the letter stating that Hunter Biden's laptop was just Russian disinformation, had all the earmarks is what they said. Remember those 51 guys? They included Brennan and Clapper. Don't forget it was Anthony Blinken that started that entire thing. It was his idea, and Blinken is now Biden's Secretary of State. He's America's Secretary of State. And it was Jake Sullivan that started the Russian collusion lie for Hillary Clinton. Sullivan, he is now Biden's U.S. National Security Advisor. He is the National Security Advisor for America. And he is the one that started that lie, that Russian collusion lie. A lot of us knew that that laptop was real. Many of us, myself included, had seen the contents of that laptop a long time ago. And we know that what we were being told by those 51 and by the media, by all of the propaganda and the apparatus that was there, we knew better. We knew what we saw with our eyes. Exit polling data showed that about 15% of the voters would have changed their votes. Some people say it's more. I'm going to go with 15%. That's enough because if they had voted in the 20 election differently or not voted for Joe Biden, just 15%. It would have made all the difference in the election. And they allowed ballot harvesting, too. Remember that? Of course you do. Uh, which now has become permanent law in so many states where these Secretary of States have decided to make their own law without going through the legislatures. They added drop boxes, changed mail-in ballot laws. Uh, so these people, they are not beyond doing anything to win and keep power and keep Trump from doing the will of the people, from doing what the people who vote for him want to have accomplished. You know, things like 
a secure border. Let's stop that. Let's have a, a more safe country, safe cities. Let's have better economy. Let's kill inflation. Let's be energy independent. Those types of things. So why in the world would these people want to do that? Even back up a little bit and look into the private sector, because it's not just people in these government organizations and uh, bureaucrats, and uh, you want to call it deep state, you can call it deep state. I'm not a big fan of deep state. It, 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 it kind of makes one start to think that there's a conspiracy theory. But when you look truly at it, it's these lifelong government employees that really have their tentacles reaching out all over. So let's go back uh, to July of this year. I did a show on my previous show, which is called Our Lives in Politics. And it's the title of it is 13 Minutes. And if you want to, you really should go back and listen to 13 Minutes in the archive here at AmericaOutloud.news because you're going to hear an amazing story. If you heard that show, you'll know that every Democrat donor and activist was meeting only one week after Hillary Clinton lost that election to Donald Trump in 2016. And they, together in this meeting at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in New York, created the mechanisms to fund the things like the Women's March in January 2017, those Chaz and Chop Zones that we saw in the Northwest, and those mostly peaceful BLM riots from the Summer of Love. All of that was planned. Obama's Emergent Fund was created from that same meeting, and George Soros' people were there contributing with the stated goal of removing Donald Trump from office. The Democrat Socialist Party of America, which, I don't know if you saw this, they happen to be in the news this week also. Um, you may have missed it. It appears uh, their Islamic jihadist Hamas protests they're organizing and financially supporting around the country, it's starting to take a financial toll on them. And they're asking for voluntary layoffs with severance before they start laying off people. And that's a good thing. That's the Democrat Socialist Party of America. Now let's get back to this NBC story because I think it's really important. We have emerging information about D.C. political insiders and politicians attempting to roadblock Donald Trump should he win. As if they're almost conceding that he probably will win. And if they're not conceding, they're at least making a contingency plan again, just like they did back in 2016, one week after that election. So I believe it's important to keep this story in your mind. And I think it's important to keep this story out front. We shouldn't forget about it. And I'm going to read directly from the NBC story right here. First, let's go to the headline. It says, Fears Grow that Trump will use the military in dictatorial ways if he returns to the White House. Have they scared you yet? Have they scared you enough? Here, here's what the article says. You see, they use those words fear, fear, and dictator. That's, that's how they work things. So here's the article. Directly from the article, it says, Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon that he would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda as he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two-century-old democracy. Now, 
bracing for Trump's potential return, a loose-knit network of public interest groups and lawmakers is quietly devising plans to try to foil any efforts to expand presidential power, which could include pressuring the military to cater to his political needs. Do you remember the name Mary McCord? Uh, She's a former Obama DOJ official, U.S. attorney, and now she's at Georgetown Law indoctrinating the new Democrats that will come up in the future. And she is quoted in this piece by NBC News, and she says this, quote, We're already starting to put together a team to think through the most damaging types of things that he, Trump, might do so that we're ready to bring lawsuits if we have to. Kyle Perryman, president of the Democracy Forward, is quoted also in this. He says, we are preparing for litigation and preparing to use every tool in the toolbox that our democracy provides to provide the American people an ability to fight back. So, see, he can use the word fight, and it's fine, but if someone on the right side or conservative says fight, it's a bad word and it's an insurrection. Part of the aim is to identify like-minded, Democrat, liberal, leftist organizations and create a coalition to challenge Donald Trump from day one. Really no difference than what they did in 2016. So what is it they're trying to do exactly, these people in the government and the people outside the government? Well, they worry there may be nothing stopping a president from mobilizing the military to intervene in elections. Not just a president, but specifically Donald Trump. And, of course, the the president has great authority to do things like that right now, and then there's good reason for it. Again, you have 240 years of history that some people are willing to just throw away for the sake of the hate of Orange Man. It's interesting that these same people accused Donald Trump of not acting with some force in the summer of love, and even more so on January 6, 2021. But we move on, back to the NBC piece. Among the least understood tools available to a president is the Insurrection Act. Vaguely worded, it gives a president considerable discretion in deciding what constitutes an uprising and when it is okay to deploy active duty military in response. Some lawmakers on Capitol Hill worry that Trump might invoke that act to involve the armed forces in the face of domestic protests or in the midterm elections don't go his way, he may bring out the military. And I thought that's what they wanted him to do on January 6, 2021. Who's behind this? What politicians? Well, would you believe it? And I'm sure you would. Richard Blumenthal, the Democrat from Connecticut. He is crafting a bill that would clarify the act and give Congress and the courts some say in its use. Its chances of passage, it doesn't exist. It's slim. It's not going to happen. Republicans control the House, and uh, largely they're loyal to Trump. Trump's vow to seek retribution, they quote that, on behalf of those he says have been wronged and betrayed, has sparked fears that he would use presidential powers more broadly against the political foes. That's the gist of the article, but it could have huge implications, not just for Donald Trump, but for any president in the future. There was recently a discussion. It was sort of like a roundtable. In fact, it was inside an X 
space, Twitter space. Jack Posobiec hosted it. General Flynn was there. General Mike Flynn. Alex Jones was also there and Roger Stone. There were uh, several others there as well. Here is some of what General Flynn had to say about this dangerous mentality. They are adversaries of our way of life. They are adversaries of our constitutional duties and responsibilities. And these are many people are are anti-American. They're 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 very they're part of the Democratic Socialist Party of America, or worse, the Communist Party of America. And they are inside of our government. They're inside of our institutions. And they and they uh, they mean exactly what it is that they say. And I'll finish with with going back to what I said at the beginning. This is a form of subversion and subverting the the uh, the powers that are that are given to a president of the United States, a duly elected president of the United States by the Constitution, powers that the Constitution given the executive leader of our country, just as they did where they where they undermined a duly elected, a, a, you know, a duly selected candidate in, in President Trump after the November 2016 election. And then they undermined him when he was the president of the United States. And they did that under the guise of, uh, of Barack Obama. And I think that there's a reason why Barack Obama has stayed in Washington, D.C. And like I said, Barack... And uh, Eric, his buddy, his wingman, Eric, and uh, and his wife, Michelle, have been out for the last couple of weeks speaking out more than I've heard them in the last three years. Again, that's General Flynn there speaking inside of a live X space hosted by Jack Pozobic. And he mentioned some names there, Eric Holder the wingman for Barack Obama. He was the head of the Department of Justice. He was an attorney at uh, Perkins Coie. You'll remember that name. He, and I also think it's very interesting what he said there about Michelle Obama being out there. A lot of people are starting to discuss Michelle Obama being the Democrat nominee for president. Some people are saying it could be May. Some people as late as August at the convention. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Michelle Obama as a Democrat presidential nominee. <laughs> Watch that one. Uh, here's more of General Flynn. Some interesting comments here about the people left in power not necessarily in power, but the people left in government jobs, we may call it the deep state. I, I mentioned that earlier. I prefer to just say that they're bureaucrats. They're just bad people. And now he talks about those people left behind in government to undermine Donald Trump in his first term. And what they do is they go from appointed officials or or people that are that are not uh, civil servants and they bring them in or they appoint them as what's called HQEs, highly qualified uh, experts, and they put them into all kinds of places throughout the government. And in the case of the Obama administration, they did that to the tune of thousands. And most people that came in with the Trump administration, I, in fact, I would say almost 95 percent of the people that came in uh, with Trump had no idea that this was taking place and don't even understand still probably to this day what an HQE is and how many how many of these HQEs you can actually put into positions and what HQEs highly qualified experts, what that means and what kind of authorities they have to be able to do things to basically manage our government. I mean, when you talk about a deep state bureaucracy, it's not just the civil servants. It's not just the senior executives. It's also a litany of other types of people that are allowed to stay in government and they get paid a lot of money to be HQEs and they get, and, and if they're working on the, and you know, in this case for the other side or for the previous administration, or if they're if they if they go ahead and place them and and uh, and shift them over into other 
positions within the government, you know, if a, if a Trump victory occurs in November, one of the things that, that has to happen is there has to be, literally, there, there does have to be a cleansing of a lot of these people that, frankly, don't belong in the government any longer. They absolutely take up space. They take, they take a lot of taxpayer dollars. And all they're doing is they are literally, in, in the case of the 2016 to 2017 transition, they are subverting the, uh, the duly elected president of the United States of America. And in this case, it was Donald Trump. And this is essentially what they're talking about again. So last point, last point, and I'll shut up. I don't want anybody to, 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 uh, to because there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this tonight. People still need to get out and vote. Everybody, need to, don't, don't assume that Donald Trump's going to win this thing hands down. I believe he, he will have a major victory, but people still need to get out and vote. And, and regardless of what you think about the voting integrity of our systems, of our voting systems, you still got to get out and vote. We can't have a 40% or a 50% turnout. And there is some great advice there from General Mike Flynn. Absolutely 100%. Everybody has to get active. You have to get out and vote. Don't take anything for granted, especially in this year of 2024 with the election. I just wanted to visit that story again to keep it in your mind and to understand the forces that are against we, the people, and also against established laws and powers of the United States of America. Again, 240 years of law at risk of being thrown out because some hate one man at a particular point in American history. After Dark with Rob and Andrew comes your way every night at 9 o'clock. Before them, coming up next, is Unleashed. Over 2,000 years ago, you were told you are the salt of the earth, and salt without flavor, it has no value. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. So keep being salty. I'm Booker Scott, and that's the truth. Truth matters. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud.